Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Here at Velocity, we love listening about how lives are changed through our church. So if that's you, please contact us at amen at findvelocity.org. Enjoy today's message. I'm calling this message today, if you want to take notes, Beyond Borders. Beyond Borders. And I believe that God is going to use this in your life in a powerful way. So as is always my custom, I like to pray. Would you bow your head with me as we go before the Lord in prayer? God, we thank you so much for your word, for the opportunity to come before you today. And God, I'm asking that you would do in us something only you can do, that you would challenge us, speak to us, encourage us. God, show us the areas where we need to move beyond the boundary lines that we've set for ourselves. God, I believe you'll do it. I know you'll do it. We thank you for it in advance. And everybody who agrees with that can say, Amen. How many of you have ever been pushed over the edge? I don't mean literally, but I just mean you've been pushed over the edge. Every parent right now should be raising their hand. Uh, it's exhausting being, I, I know you're probably tired just because you are a parent. It's exhausting raising your kids, probably all you can do to raise your hand, but uh, it's, it's fatiguing. In fact, I think that's why as parents we like to come to church just because we watch your kids for an hour. I don't know if it's the presence of God that keeps you here or just the fact that you're child free for just a little bit, but I know some of you wanna stay here as long as possible. And, uh, but when you're a parent, it's easy, you get pushed over the edge. All of us do. It's, it's amazing to me, sometimes I, I'm talking to my kids, all of a sudden I hear screaming in the background and I realize I'm the one screaming. It's my voice. And I don't even know what I'm saying. I just know that I'm going to have to ask God for forgiveness after it's done. Uh, being pushed over the edge. And I bring that up because in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is being pushed over the edge. He, uh, the context is there's these false teachers, preachers that have come up and into the Corinthian church. And they're starting to oppose Paul. They're saying that he's not a real preacher. He's not a real pastor. I mean, just look at his jeans. Would any pastor wear jeans like that's the kind of stuff that they would say when they want to challenge his integrity? And Paul's not having any of it. He's put out with them. And the crazy thing is, he's the one who started this church. He's the one who brought the gospel to them beyond the boundaries of the Jewish faith and into the, into the Gentile community. And so in this text, he's reminding them about how the gospel came to them. He's saying, look, nobody else would come to you, but we came to you. We brought the good news of this gospel message to you, and we've seen it change your life. We've seen it affect your relationships. We've seen it affect the way you interact with people and change your thinking and change your situation. So quit acting like God hasn't done anything for you. We've seen it with our eyes. And he's saying all this because he wants to challenge the church to a greater faith. You see this in verse 15. He says, we have the hope that as your faith increases, our area of ministry will be greatly enlarged. In other words, he's saying that these two things have to go together and they have to grow together. As the church grows, your faith has to grow. And as your faith grows, the church needs to grow. You can't stay stagnant. And he's saying this because now he wants to preach the gospel 
beyond the borders of Corinth. He's wanting to take it further than it's gone before. And the Corinthian church, they have a problem. Their problem is they've become satisfied and they've become settled with where they're at. Now that they've been reached with the gospel, they don't feel the need to keep reaching. Now that they've been blessed, they want to stay and want it to stop with them. And Paul's saying it can't stop there. It's got to go beyond you. The essence of blessing is that it always looks beyond itself. And this is where I want to make the connection to our Old Testament story with a guy that the Apostle Paul calls the father of faith. Now, you might know this guy by the name of Abraham, but where we're gonna look at him, his name hasn't been changed yet. He goes by Abram. And the first time Abram comes on the scene, the first time we meet him is in Genesis 12, and he has a conversation with God. It's a little bit one-sided. I want you to hear what God says to him in Genesis 12. He says, go out from your land, Move beyond your borders, Abram, your relatives and your father's house to the land that I'm gonna show you. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, the point of the blessing of God in your life is that it would flow through you. That's what God wants, that's why he blesses you. And that's what Paul wanted the Corinthian church to see, is that God has blessed you and it can't stay with you, it can't stop with you, it has to flow through you. Because where you stop is where you'll stay stuck. And that's why when God begins to speak to Abraham about all the things that he wants to do in him and wants to do through him, all the ways he wants to use him. He says, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna enlarge your territory. I'm gonna make your name great. Everybody's gonna be blessed through you. All of these things, when he says that, he begins it with a simple instruction and a simple command to look beyond where he's at right now and into the future of what God is calling him to. And in the church world, we call that vision. Vision is simply seeing beyond where you're at currently, seeing what God wants to do in you and through you. And I like vision because you can't lead a church without vision. For that matter, you can't lead your family without vision. You can't lead your home without vision. You can't lead your business without vision. You can't parent without vision. You can't lead yourself without a vision for what God wants to do in and through your life. You can't do it. The problem is a lot of us misinterpret vision. I, I think we get it wrong because we read this passage of what God said to Abram, how he said, I want to work in your life. I want to enlarge you, make your name great, make you a great nation, bless you, bless others through you. People will call you blessed. We see that and we think, I like that. God, that's good. I want you to do some of those same things in my life. I want you to speak to me and show me about all the things that you wanna do. I love that. But we miss this very key phrase in the first verse where God says to Abram, go to the land and I'll show. In other words, 
This tells us that Abram had no idea where he was going. That doesn't seem like having vision for your life, but that's exactly what it was. God spoke to him and said, go and I'll show. Go where? I'll show you, I'll guide you along the way. Just take a step and I'll direct. Now that's not the way we want God to lead our life. I mean, maybe you do, I, I like it. I mean, I would much prefer if God would just lay out the map, you know, give me GPS coordinates, Google maps it, let me see, you know, like three alternate routes just in case I don't like the one you suggest and if I don't wanna pay the toll, maybe I wanna take the country road, you know, just get some scene, like we want that. But God doesn't do that. In fact, rarely in my life, if ever, has God given me the specific step-by-step -step instructions for the thing that he's calling me to do. You know the way it normally looks? God gives me a picture, an impression in my heart of something I believe he's calling me to do, something that seems big, something that seems almost impossible. And then he challenges me and he asks me to take a step. That's exactly what's going on in Genesis 12. God shows up on the scene, speaks to Abram, and he gives him a command with no context. He gives him an order with no overview and just expects that Abram's gonna obey. And instead of a specific destination, hey, this is where I want you to end up. No, he just says, here's a vague instruction. In fact, I wanna preach a message sometime called I'll Tell You When We Get There. Because that has been the story of this church from day one. Hey, where are we going? Hey, I'll tell you when we get there. Well, what do we do? Well, I'll tell you when we get there. Parents, you know what I'm talking about? You're driving somewhere and the kids are like, are we there yet? No, I will tell you when we get there sit in the back seat and shut up right now. I'll tell you when we get there. It's the way God works. One step at a time. One turn at a time. In fact, that's how this church started. I don't know if you realize this, but I committed to God to start a church before I ever knew where I was gonna start a church. I had this dream in my heart that God would use my life to start a powerful church that people could invite their friends to, that would bring those far from God near to life in Christ, and I had no idea where it was gonna happen, or when it was gonna happen, or how it was gonna happen. But it started with a step. God, I believe this is something you're calling me to do, and I'm gonna take a step, I'm gonna go, and I'm trusting you to show. And I know that's not what we like, but what I've noticed in my life and in our parenting, in our family, in our leadership, in our business, in whatever it is God has called you to do in our finances, any area where God is calling you higher to greater commitment and greater trust in him, he leads you one step at a time, one turn at a time. And the reason he does is because I've discovered that God won't step in if you won't step out. 
This is the fundamental principle of faith that God won't step in if you won't step out. Now, I didn't say he can't step in. I just said he won't. Why? Because God is always looking for your faith and he wants to respond to your faith. Look at the ministry of Jesus. Every miracle he worked, he was always responding to somebody's faith, either the words that they said or the actions that they did. He was looking for faith. Think, think about the greatest thing that God ever instituted, salvation at the cross of Jesus Christ. It's done and it's settled, and yet nothing will change in your life until you respond to what he did. You have to take the step and say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you with this. It's not my life, it's your life. I'm gonna go where you want me to go. I'm gonna do what you want me to do. And when you take that step out, that's when he steps in. Begins with a step. And really what we're talking about in this series, in this sermon, is heart issues. Faith, obedience, trust. Those issues, those are issues of the heart. And if we're gonna talk about heart issues, the only way I know to talk about heart issues is to do it the same way Jesus did it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so we can't talk about the areas of faith and obedience and trust without talking about our money. That's why we do an offering at the end of this series. It's an act of faith and an act of obedience. This isn't a series about money, it's about your mindset. It's not about finances or fundraising, it's about your faith. It's what I wanna see God do in your life and move in your life as you move to greater levels of trust, greater levels of commitment, and greater levels of obedience. So let me talk just a little bit about money because one thing I love about our church is that we're a generous church. And I'm so pleased with how we handle finances at this church. You might not know this, but you know we're a debt-free church. We don't operate with any debt. We keep a low overhead. And because of that, we're able to be extremely generous in our community. And what we've structured ourselves in a way that we can do more and reach more. And when it's a period of time where there's so many churches and nonprofits that are looking at what staff they have to lay off or what bill they can't pay or you know, what thing they are, need to cut because of budget uh, con uh, constraints, all of these things. What I'm happy to tell you is that we're a church that is growing and doing more and serving more and reaching more and seeing more people saved. That's why I get excited about talking about this because we have a track record. We have a track record of seeing God do amazing things through our church. And we structure ourselves this way where we model the tithe, we set aside 10% to go beyond the walls of this church into other ministries and partner organizations that are reaching people and making a difference. And we partner with organizations locally that are doing things in our city. We partner to plant churches nationally. We've helped plant over 800 churches through our partnership with The Ark. And we're spreading the gospel globally. We're doing all of these things just because of your faithfulness. And then we run the organization off, off the rest. And I could pull a bunch of numbers together and we could look at charts, but that would make a really boring sermon. And so I just wanna ask you, Think about what this church has done in your life. 
Think about how, how God has used this ministry to affect you. That's what Paul was saying to the Corinthian church. He said, look, we're not overextending ourselves as if we had not reached you since we have come to you with the gospel of Christ. See, the context is Paul wants to collect a special offering so he can take this ministry beyond Corinth so he can reach more people. And he's saying it's not an overreach for us to ask you to participate in this because we've seen God move in your life. We've seen what God has done. We've seen how he's changed you. We, we've seen how the way your thought processes have changed. We've seen how the way your life has changed. Now we're gonna ask you to help us take it further. And just like Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church, I would say that same thing to you. Think about how this church has changed your life. Maybe it's changed your relationships. Maybe it's impacted your marriage. Maybe you've met your husband here or you've met your wife here or you're hoping to somebody. Hey, I'm just, you know. Maybe you've seen changes in your kids. There's a good chance that if this is your church home, that God used this church to bring you to faith in Christ. Maybe you found some renewed purpose. Maybe it's the people that you've brought with you. You've seen friends transformed. Maybe it's the community that you found. I don't know what it is for you, but I believe there's a good chance God has used this ministry to change your life. And if by chance he hasn't, it's no condemnation, but I would just say maybe that's because you've never got involved. Maybe it's because you haven't taken part. And that's what I wanna do. I wanna give you an opportunity to participate in something. Because some of you have never experienced the joy of belonging to a community because you've never participated. And God's best for you just to be part of something. So here's one way that we can all participate, every single one of us, and I'm gonna ask you to do this, is every year since the inception of this church, I've always led us in this practice, as one year closes and another year begins, to begin to seek God for one word for your life, for, for that year. And this is significant for a lot of reasons. One, because it's about putting God first, helps you develop the practice of hearing from God, which is so critical with the things that God wants for you to do. And not just stop with one word, but to get one verse of scripture. And then as we do that, to ask God what he would have you give in our above and beyond offering on December 2nd. And that's what I'm gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask you to give anything. What I am gonna ask is that you would ask God. If you'll ask God what you should give, that's all I'm asking of you. Ask God what he would have you give and then obey. And for me, the word that God gave me for this year and for this church is ascend. I believe that God wanted to take us to new levels, to take us higher. And the verse he gave me was Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do above and beyond all you can ask or think according to the power that works within you. That, that's what this series came out of, and that's what I believe we're gonna see God do as we step out and obey on December 2nd. So every week, just begin seeking God. Just begin praying, God, what's the word you have for me? God, what is it you want me to give? And I'm happy to tell you, this year alone, we've given, as a church, because of your generosity, 
over $70,000 towards partner organizations, other ministries, church planting, and spreading the gospel beyond. That would be an awesome place to clap. But I believe God wants us to do more, so I wanna tell you a little bit about how we can do more. Uh, we started a ministry last year in the Dominican Republic. Uh, some of you know about it. We started a care point, and through our partnership with Children's Cup, we feed over 120 kids two times a day, Monday through Friday. Isn't that amazing? And uh, it's, been, it's been really cool. We've taken one trip there, and I was just there recently with a small team planning out the things that we wanna see God do and what we believe God can do in 2019. And one of the things I realized as we were looking at all the things we wanna do is that we still have, there's 120 kids that we feed, about 100 of them are eligible for sponsorship. And I realized that we have 30 kids that still are not sponsored. Now, understand this isn't about a financial thing because the church is already meeting needs and we're taking care of them and they're getting fed but it's 100% about connecting them in relationship to a family. Can you put that picture on the screen for me? Uh, just show some of these. So this is the care point where it's at. You can see we're feeding kids and, and it's a small space. We are out of capacity. And Go to the next one uh, just so I can show. So these kids here, these are the kids that our family sponsors. And the girl on, on my right, your left, uh, when we went there, we discovered that the one girl we had sponsored, she had graduated from the program because we started with an older girl. And so we had a, a, another space to sponsor a child. And this girl, Rosalind, she has been part of the Care Point, such a great girl helping and serving, and she's really invested in getting a lot from it. And we're not just feeding kids, but they're getting fed the gospel. And while we were there, uh, the pastor, because it's not just a Care Point, it's also a church, and we're helping them, She'd let me know about this girl doesn't have a sponsor, and I told her that I had an open space to sponsor another child. She asked, would you sponsor this girl? She's so great, she helps out, she serves. And I told her, yeah, of course, I'd, I'd love to. You, sh you should have seen it. I wish you could have seen it. Because this girl, when the pastor told her, hey, Pastor Justin wants to sponsor you and gonna be connected to his family, she got so excited. I mean, she, she literally jumped up, spun around, let out a squeal of joy because she was excited to be connected to a family. Now understand, she was already getting fed. She was already in the program. It wasn't about the financial component. It was all about the relationship. And I believe God wants us to, before we do anything else there, and we're gonna do some more, that God wants us to get the rest of these kids sponsored. And so on December 16th, we're gonna sponsor the rest of these kids. There's 30 of them uh, that we'd like to get sponsored. Maybe some of you who sponsor a child, you wanna do another one, God's gonna put that on your heart. But maybe those of you who haven't had the opportunity yet, uh, you wanna start. And the reason we're doing this is because, again, it's not just what we're doing through the care point, but we're impacting lives through ministry. Had the opportunity to connect with a number of pastors down there, and there's one pastor in particular who planted a church and. And don't tell me, just try and tell me that God is not involved in this. I'd never met this guy before. And uh, when we met, he immediately knew who I was because he watches our YouTube podcast. 
Isn't that amazing that what you get to be a part of every week is going beyond into other parts of the world? And so he knew our story and he wants to lead a church like Velocity in the Dominican Republic. It's, it's unheard of. So many of the churches there, they're traditional, uh, religious, not life-giving, not growing. And he's planted this church, he's been doing it for 10 years and I've been in relationship with him, coaching him and helping him just recently uh, learn how to, learn how to do, do even more. So we got this care point, we got churches we're working with, and the other thing is, you can see it's pretty small. We just started this, we're already out of capacity. So after we get these kids sponsored, we wanna take 10 grand of this uh, offering that we bring in, and we wanna, we wanna use it to meet the immediate needs of this place. We're gonna buy them some generators and help outfit the kitchen better where they're doing some feeding. But the truth is, they're already out of capacity. And so we're looking at some ways, when I was down there, how we can do even more. And we met with an architect and looking at, well, maybe we can build on top of there and create another story. And that's one option and we can do that, but it doesn't really do much to take care of the space issue, the constraints of the size of the room. Same thing with, with church and kids ministry and all of that. So get this, just about 100 yards away, there's an open lot. And this is unheard of because this care point is in the heart of the city, Santa Domingo. There's an open lot. And we were talking with the architect and just thought, hey, would it be possible? What would it look like if we could buy that lot and maybe we can build a brand new care point and it would also meet the needs of the church and we could reach even more kids and reach even more people through the Sunday services. That's what we're doing. So we're gonna take 10 grand to help meet some immediate needs. We're gonna sponsor kids. But then in 2019, we're gonna to look to put some of that away to how we can build a new facility there in 2019. And I'm excited about that. I think it's gonna be so awesome. And you're gonna to get to see it because we're taking two more mission trips. We're gonna take one June 11th through the 17th and then later 2019, right around Christmas time, and the reason I'm telling you that is because my heart is for everybody who calls this church home, that in the course of three years, you would have the opportunity to go on a mission trip and see how God can use you even beyond these walls in this city. So it's not just the DR mission trip, though, because not everybody wants to travel international. We're also going to take a mission trip to the Dream Center in Los Angeles. And I don't know if you know much about the Los Angeles Dream Center, but they're one of the premier organizations for how to serve the underserved in our population. And this trip is really all about building vision in your life for how God wants to use us here to do even more. And we went with a small team there and checked it out, and we've got tons of ideas of things we wanna do for 2019. So we're gonna take a trip there over spring break for those of you who wanna go on that. But just as example, one of the things we wanna do in terms of how can we love our city better, how can we meet some needs that nobody else is meeting? What can we do that nobody else is doing? With our Above and Beyond offering, we're gonna take another 10,000 of that and we're partnering with our city to get some bus benches for the places that don't have bus benches. Isn't that awesome? How many of you, have you driven around and seen the little plastic chairs or no chairs? Well, we're gonna help them get some bus benches in the places that need it most. And that's what you get to be a part of, just by doing that. See, that's the powerful thing about giving 
and your generosity is you don't just give to the church. In fact, you don't give to the church at all. You give through the church. And as you give through the church, what happens, your generosity preaches the gospel because your money goes to places where you can't and you never will. And the reality is, everybody in America, when they hear the word church, they think of something. And what they should think of is, man, those are so generous people. Man, I, I, don't, I don't know about everything they believe, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad they're in our community. They make our community better. Man, I wish there were more churches here because they're good for our city. Man, they love our city. They love people that they haven't even met yet. That's what people should say when they think of the word church. And that's what they, that, that's what they get to hear when you give through your generosity. So we're gonna give this above and beyond offering on December 2nd, believing that God wants to do above and beyond all we can ask or think according to the power that works within us. But you know, we don't just wanna move beyond our borders into the Dominican Republic. We don't just wanna love beyond our walls and make a difference in our city. I also believe God is calling us to step beyond the limitations that we've set for ourselves. And that's why I'm excited to tell you that in 2019, we're gonna take strategic steps to give Velocity a permanent home. Isn't that awesome? So here's, here's how we're gonna do that. Now I know even just saying that, there's all sorts of questions. Well, like, what do you mean? Like, how's that gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? Are we gonna build something? Are we gonna buy something? Are we gonna be two locations? Are we gonna be one? All these questions. Here's, here's what I'm gonna tell you. First of all, it's a lot of questions, and I don't know the answer to all of them, but I do know that we're gonna go and we're gonna trust God to show. That, that's, the, that's the great thing about following God. I love being in the place where you have to trust God in his infinite wisdom to guide and direct. Not our strategic plan, but just one step at a time, one turn at a time. And so after we meet all of our commitments to do ministry in the DR, to make a difference in our city through our outreach partners, everything above and beyond that and our offering we give December 2nd as we close out the year, it's gonna go towards seeding what we do in 2019 towards getting Velocity a permanent home. Isn't that awesome? Now, I do wanna add in though that, you know, getting a building, that's not the end goal for us. That, that's literally just a step in the journey of where God wants to take us. It's not about a building. We will always be the kind of church that is launching campuses. We will always be the kind of church that is adding multiple services because there are always gonna be more people that need to hear the good news of the gospel. So we're not just gonna settle and be satisfied to get, this isn't the end goal, it's a step along the journey. I mean, think about what God wants to do in our city, the people that need to be reached. I mean, what would it look like what would it look like for God to just give us 1% of our city, of our county? Do you think God could do that? Do you think that's too big for God? Honestly, I think that's insulting, that we would only ask God for 1%, and yet that would be something that's never been done before. I believe God wants to take us beyond 
to that and beyond, but here's what I'll tell you. How much do we need? When's it gonna happen? That's all stuff I don't know. What I do know is that God's plan for our life operates at the pace of our obedience. The things that God wants to do in you and through you, it happens at the pace of your obedience. I can just imagine Abram saying, okay, God, go to the land you're gonna show, all right, so when do you want me to go? As soon as you obey. Well, how fast do you want me to go? How fast do you wanna obey? It always happens at the pace of your obedience. And so I'm excited at the thought of what God can do in us and through us when we embrace the vision God has for us with this one word, go and I'll show. Take a step and I'll direct. Make a move so I can step in. And I believe God wants to do that in your life.